the Happy Afloat podcast, tales of family adventures at sea. Hello and welcome. I am Jason, skipper of Happy Afloat. Meet my happy crew. Leon. Hello. Conrad. Ahoy there, shipmates. And my lovely wife, Sarah. Hello. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. But don't start here. This is part 10 of our summer adventure. If you want to follow this sailing adventure from the beginning... Hit the rewind button and start at episode 13, which is part one of the story. For old hands, grab a pew. And we'll begin. In this episode, we leave Oban and Kerara behind and head north. More tales from our summer adventure. Okay, where had we got to? We had just left Oban and had anchored in Ottymore Bay on the northwest side of Kerrera. The previous two days had been spent stocking the cupboards full of food and beverages. There's just one more consumable that we wanted to top up. And that was diesel. The plan was to head northward until we saw a whale or ran out of Scotland. Once we travelled past Ardnamurkham Point, we knew that diesel fuels convenient for leisure users would become scarce. Mum phoned around the marinas with fuel pontoons in the area. We decided on Balamori. We just needed to get there before they closed. I think everyone's queuing up to head north now. Why'd you say that? There's a couple of boats heading that way on AIS. And there is one of those trawlery type. Oh, well, those tour boats. Um, cruisy boat things. He's just anchored up here. Presumably, he's going to be heading up that way as well. Time to head to Tobermory. Let's see if we can get some fuel there. More motoring. No wind. There was no wind to speak of, so more motoring for us. With no sailing to occupy us, we admired the views. First up was the Lismore Lighthouse. A fine-looking lighthouse built in 1833 by Robert Stevenson. We whizzed through the tidal race between the lighthouse and Ladies Rock. Next was Dewitt Castle, which is a proper-looking castle overlooking Dewitt Bay. Dewitt dates from the 13th century and the keep was built in 1360. Stuart Castle is home of the Maclean clan when they acquired it as part of a dowry. 
Uh, Dowry Boys? Who knows what a dowry is? No. Uh, never heard of it. Well, obviously, you should always marry for love, but if the in-laws are offering a castle as a sweetener to the deal, that's a dowry. Ah. And as we'll find out a little bit later, getting a castle as part of your dowry can come in handy. Really? Well, besides the fact you're getting a castle? You'll find out later. There was a lot of scaffolding around the castle. According to their website, Dewitt Castle has a bit of a damp problem. Maybe they got the builders in to sort it out before any more ceilings collapsed. The stretch of water called the Sound of Mull was busy. Lots of yachts heading in both directions. And ferries whizzing up and down the length of the Sound, bound for open or further afield. The journey of 23 nautical miles is pretty uneventful, and we arrived at Tobermory just before four. Having phoned ahead to find out about the fuel berth, we got in contact with Harbour Garage, who run the fuel facility. And thankfully, they stayed open for us, as we were arriving at the very end of their working day. At Tobermory, you have to park the boat, then go up to the Harbour Garage, which is just on the shoreline, to let them know you want fuel. Then you go back to the boat, wait for the staff to come to you and fill up. Then you go back to the garage to pay. It's a bit long-winded, but we were happy to have a full tank again. However, they are installing a new fuel system for this season, so hopefully the procedure should be a bit slicker. From one parking spot to another, we needed to hole up for the night. Not wanting to use the visitor pontoons, which were full anyway. We had to look for a visitor mooring, but they were all in use. We recognised some of the boats. They had transited the Cali Canal at the same time as us. So our only option was to anchor. There aren't many shallow anchoring spots near the town. And every time we visit, the anchoring area seems to shrink with less swinging room than the time before. So we went for the deep option. We were in 17 metres of water. Our chosen spot was green and lush though. There was no wind in the forecast, so we were happy. A few days earlier, the boys had completed a creative writing exercise. They had to describe their favourite food. Conrad, what did you write about? I think it was cheese and bacon pasta. Yeah, it was cheese and bacon pasta, you're right. Leon? It was lasagna. My favourite food. Really? Really? I don't think we had had lasagna at the time, but okay. You're about to be proved wrong. So we were all looking forward to a delicious homemade lasagna. In our attempts to save on gas. We had to go at barbecuing a lasagna. Our trusty cob proved its worth once again. Right, OK, barbecue lasagna review time. What do you think, boys? It was a nice smoky flavour. Awesome, wasn't it? Was it nice and crispy on the top as well? It Carl? was, and especially around the edges. Smoky. Mm, who got scrape outs that night? Did you get scrape outs? Yes, I did. The next day, the weather was insistent on draining our newly filled fuel tanks. There was no wind. We knew that once we left Tobermory, it would be a bit like leaving civilization. Well, mobile phone civilization. Having done a bit of research in advance of our adventure, we had purchased a Vodafone SIM card. To complement our existing O2 SIM cards. With the expectation that when there was no reception on O2, we could swap one of our phones to Vodafone. For the essential continuation of phone coverage. 
Not that we were particularly worried about phone calls. But we were worried about internet coverage. And why was the internet coverage important now? So we could watch TV in the evenings. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're all wrong. It was for the whale spotting app. OK, Conrad, tell us all about the whale spotting app. We used the app to record sightings and see what other people have seen. It's made by the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust. Where are they based? They've got the Discovery Centre in Tobermory. Tell us about this app. Yeah, so use it to record our sightings, but more importantly, what else does it tell you? What other people have seen. In real time. So if you're going on a whale hunt... The app comes with an identification guide. You can identify any dolphin or whale through it. It has images, what they eat, threats to their habitat, and sizes, obviously, as well as pictures of them. On top of that, it's got citizen science because it relies on everyone who uses it to report their sightings. Yeah, we've used the app for quite a few years now, haven't we? Every time yeah. we're on the West Coast, we fire it up and log our sightings and then and see whatever else is seen. And it's interactive with the GPS on your... We use it on the phones. So it's interactive with the GPS on the phone. So when you put a sighting in, you don't have to put your position. It will automatically know. That's the reason why we wanted internet coverage, so we could run the app and get a bit of a heads up if there's any whales where we were going to. And they've also got a research vessel, haven't they, that you can sort of take trips out on? Yes, they do. I think it's called the Solarian. Solarian, maybe. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. We've seen it once when we were anchored in Tobermory, Yeah, she's anchored in Tobermory yeah. in between trips. Trips on there are something like £900. What, a week, a month, a year? Per trip, most trips range between 7 and 12 days. Well, maybe I should start charging you guys then. As we headed out of Tobermory, we remembered that we hadn't activated the Vodafone SIM. A close call. We still had enough internet reception to register the SIM card. We motored north. Plan was to stop at Kenna for the night. Passing the small aisles of muck, egg and drum en route. Soon. We were at the peninsula of Ardnamurchan Point. Which is known as the most westerly point of the UK mainland. Apparently the English translation of the name means the headland of the hill of the Great Sea. A bit of a mouthful, isn't it? That's interesting. So is Gallic all about describing the terrain and features? Actually, yeah, it would make sense. Well, not necessarily make sense, but that seems to be how it comes across, isn't it? does seem like it may well be what Gallic is all about. It has a very prominent lighthouse. And I have a bit of a thing for lighthouses, so I was very happy to see one. When we remember, we try to have a photo of the day competition. So we were all busy taking photos of the coastline and lighthouse. To be voted on later when we gathered around the TV for a slideshow of the day's photo competition entries. We continued motoring northwards. I am one to get irritated by unknown noises, and there had been a squeak in the cockpit that had been bugging us for weeks. The sound was coming from the pushpit area. Something was moving about, producing a squeak. We had a lot of stuff fixed to the pushpit. Fishing rod holders with rods. A fishing net, a Dan boy, several boat hooks, a horseshoe life boy, an outboard motor on a bracket, a floating throwing line, 
all our fenders were tied off at the back as well. Also, our solar arch is fixed here too, with more stuff tied to it. It sounded like something was rubbing just enough to produce the squeak. But what would it be? We had spent weeks trying to track down the source, moving stuff, retying knots, packing loose items to prevent the slightest movement. But we still had an annoying squeak. Eventually, we had a light bulb moment. The squeak was only present when the engine was on. And maybe the squeak wasn't from above the deck at all. Having dispatched Jason into various confined spaces on the boat, I discovered that the exhaust hose had broken free from a fitting and was occasionally rubbing against the hull, producing the squeak. The exhaust hose was secured and blissfully the squeak was gone. We had plenty of time to watch the wildlife. Mum had promised a treat to the first person who spotted a dolphin or whale each day. But only if the spotting was independently verified by another member of the crew. Dad won the chocolate buttons this time. Dolphins! Leon, dolphins! They may be bottlenose. Look, there's a pop here as well. I think they're bottles. What does everyone say? I'm going with... Yeah, what's the common... The common one's got a white underside. From their side down, that's what the common looks like. Yeah, they look like those. Common? Yeah. Mm. Is that it? Are they gone? It's a bit short, Nick. No, behind us. Number of animals... I saw two. Three. Any pipes? What do you say? All adults? I'm getting unsure for that bit, maybe. And we are right by Arden Merkin points. We can even write it in the logbook as well, because this lighthouse is Arden Merkin. Confidence. Definite. Travelling, I'd go with, yeah. because they didn't stop to play. No. They could have been foraging for all we know. Mm-hmm. Who gets, does that mean Dad gets the chocolate? Oh, yeah. What was it? One for a dolphin and three for a whale? Pod is worth two, right? I'll wait till we get to it, we just take cake. Wait? You want this them now? waiting business. All right, well, I don't know, I might want to rack them up. That's what I was just saying. The tallies at two at Hopefully the moment. Hopefully they'll be decent, Jeff. They're going to be some cheap old rubbish. So remember, if anyone finds a larger pod, technically they could have the advantage. No, it was the first person, wasn't it? Of the day. Pass spins up, I feel like a whale coming on now. <laughs> the island of Rum has a very distinct landscape. Tall and pointy. So we had a guess how far away rum is competition. We learnt a lot about estimating distances. As we were all very wrong. How far away do you reckon rum is, guys? I'd say about three miles. Three miles? Rum is the... This is... Rum is the... Is this rum? Yeah. The tallest... Two. The tallest bits we can see. Two miles. Okay. And what do you reckon it is? What does it reckon it is? Ten miles away. Ten miles? Yeah. 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 Ten miles? Yeah.
Whoa! Cool, we got that wrong, didn't we, Leo? Wow. Yes, the mountains are run are very tall. It gives you a concept of actually that's... Yeah, it doesn't look that far ahead. Wow. I am amazed. Three and a half hours till we arrive. A few porpoises and dolphins were spotted off the west coast of Rum. And the boys logged the wildlife spottings in the Whale Track app on my phone. Half an hour of sailing and six hours of motoring later, we arrived at our destination of Canna. Canna is owned by the National Trust for Scotland. And here is their description of the island. This small island to the southwest of Skye is bursting with human history. Canna is thought to have been inhabited since 5000 BC and now supports a small crofting community. The island was donated to the Trust by Gaelic scholar John Larn Campbell and his wife, Margaret Fayshaw, who together amassed and researched a huge collection of Gaelic and Celtic songs, stories, poetry and a unique collection of butterflies and moths. Aside from people, Canna is also home to scores of wild creatures, from porpoises and whales to puffins and eagles. Canna Harbour was very popular when we arrived. 18 boats, after a quick count. It's a small harbour and there are 10 visitor moorings which were all taken. So only room for anchoring and that was only just. We hopped into Shadow. Our black inflatable dinghy. And whizzed across the very short distance to the ferry slip where dinghies can access the shore. To go ashore for a quick walk before dinner. Canna isn't very big, only one mile wide and just over four miles long. We headed east to what is known as Prison Rock, near the Black Beach. Which is a tall rock stack with a stronghold on top. Can't actually climb the stack as it's an unsafe structure. But it's fun to walk around it and see the precariously balanced ruins of Corrigan Castle. Sarah, do you know the legend of the castle? Uh, not really. It was built about... 300, 400, 500 years ago. That's about all I know. Do you know what's called Prison Rock then? No. I, I mean, I could hazard a guess that that's where they kept prisoners, but... I've well, the know. disadvantage of, no, your in-laws giving you a castle is if you fall out with your missus, you get to lock her up in the castle. <laughs> is that, is that's, that's the legend. Myth or legend? That's, that's the myth. <laughs> that apparently the chap that built the thing fell out with his wife, so he locked her up. Some poets sort of wrote about it and made it famous. Do love a story. So was that the benefit of getting the castle as bribery from your in-laws? You're so cynical, bribery. I'm sure they're married for love. Uh, and secondly, <laughs> I thought the benefit would just be the fact you've got an enormous castle. This is a different castle, isn't it? It's a different people getting married. But I'm just saying, if you do get a castle, make sure you've got a dungeon or something so you can lock up your, your wife when you've had enough of her. Right. <laughs> Or it could happen the other way round. This is true. This is very true. With hungry stomachs, we headed back towards the boat. Stopping at the community shop for Bombay Mix. Canna is one of those lovely places. It has a little cafe which is open all day and into the evening. Serving snacks, main meals and alcohol. Next to the cafe is an honesty-based community shop. Where you just write down what you have taken and pay for it. Actually, that community shop is open 24-7, isn't it? Yeah. It's surprisingly well-stocked, 
and it caters for most dietary requirements. Plenty of fresh fruit, veg and eggs too. And is quite reasonably priced by Ireland standards. When we reached Canna, that Oto mobile phone network didn't work. So we switched to our well-thought-out Plan B. It turned out that our Plan B wasn't quite so well thought out. And Vodafone didn't work either. Maybe, and hopefully, it would work when we got to the Outer Hebrides. But that is a story for another time. Okay, anything else we missed out from this part of the adventure? I'll tell you what we didn't talk about. Canna, the island kingdom of cats. What's that? The Canna cats. <gasps> oh, all the statues of cats. Yes. And then each one had stories and a little guide for them. Exactly, the cat trail. I really liked the one that was up by the pier. Oh, that was, wasn't that the blue one with like a Union Jack on it or something? No, oh. no. That one was wearing a raincoat and everything. Do you know why they're there? Besides to be a good attraction? Not really. The last owner, John Campbell and his wife, had a cat that they, well, had several cats, but their last, one of the cats they really adored was a Siamese cat, which is why all those statues are Siamese cats that are painted. And then in 2018, they had an artist-in-residence scheme where they painted up the cats and then put them around as a trail. It's quite a nice thing to do because you, you turn up on an island and it's like it's just an added bonus when there's a nice fun trail that you can do. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Spotting the cats. Another thing about the trail of the cats is, for the clues of where to find them, it gives you a very good riddle for each one. So what we did see for the first time, the Great Skewer. What, when we were at Canna? Yeah, because um, we noticed that there's a load of people that have gone to the other small island of Sand. Oh, yeah. Which is just the other side of the bay. And they were creeping up and we were wondering, what on earth were they doing? Yeah. And there was like this large bird. That's it. And we wondered, what on earth is that? And we found out that it was like a Great Skewer. I remember now, they'd gone ashore, hadn't they, in their dinghies, but it didn't look like a particularly easy access point. We'd had a contemplated it fleetingly but then we came across loads of great skewers after that after that <laughs> common as a seagull yeah well after this point there was like quite common. quite common but i think it's the first time we'd ever spotted them mm. sand which is the island literally across the bay that we've never actually been to uh we haven't actually ever been to it I keep saying we'll go there because they've got a really nice churchy thing there's two churches in there one yeah. sand and there's one on canna I think one's Catholic, one's Protestant. But then you could only you only used to be able to get to Sanday if the tide was out. Oh, that's it. Because it used to be a causeway. But yeah, they've built a bridge now, haven't so they? So presumably before they built the bridge, depending on what the state of tide was, it depends what dose of religion you got that Sunday. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, okay, what else? Splicing attempts were in Tobamori. Yeah, they weren't very successful, were they? So you had a go at the splicing. Well, I think I dished out my post-it note instructions. But we went onto YouTube and found a load of videos. With the videos, it looked pretty straightforward. But what they were recommending is don't use old, tired rope, which is what we've been trying to sort of, you know, produce this splice with some old rope. So we thought, okay, right. We're feeling pretty confident now. We'll put a splice into this um, main sheet. You were feeling pretty confident. <laughs> I'm not so sure that I was. <laughs> and because it was, we'd, we'd got it a couple of metres longer than we needed anyway. And they gave that a go. 
and that attempt was a massive fail. So then we lost another meter of <laughs> a nice new sparkly white rope. It was now a meter shorter. Um, <laughs> so at that point, we decided to give up on the splicing before um, we actually ran out of main sheet. Yeah. Uh, and I think also we need to apologise to everyone because I think we left the last episode by saying in this episode we'll be travelling the furthest north we ever had been. And I think that's not going to come for another couple of episodes. We are sorry. As usual, we're crawling along with this storytelling. <laughs> and we, um, we thought we were going to get further north, and we actually did. Yeah, we're not the fastest of... Uh... <laughs> Retelling tales. We love feedback. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and write a review. And don't forget to rate us in your favourite podcast app. Why not consider giving us a like on our Facebook page? Happyafloat.com Next time aboard Happy Afloat. We start exploring the Outer Hebrides. Until next time, happy sailing!